0: G'day, and thanks for tuning in to the Outpost Church podcast. We are currently in a series focused on the book of Romans. Our hope through this time is that we will all push into God through what he says to us through this letter. We're coming from the perspective of Romans chapter 15, verse 14, where Paul says, My brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. And able to instruct one another. Nevertheless, I have written to remind you more boldly on some points. So, there are some incredible things that are true about us, all because of what God has done for us in Christ. But we need regular reminding in order to live up to this reality. So, let's be reminded together, continually reminded. And this particular three week series is called Obligated, and it looks at the three times. That word obligated appears in this letter. What are we obligated to and what are we not? Let's dive in. So as Christy mentioned before, we are in a season of pressing into the book of Romans and there's a series that we're doing for just three weeks. So the the uh, three-week series is called Obligated and we're just looking at the word obligated appears three times in the book of romans so we looked at it from romans chapter 8 last week does anybody recall what we are not obligated to from last week the flesh flesh. amen brothers and sisters we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh because if you live according to the flesh you are going to die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live. It's good news. Um, But our hope is much broader than just this three-week series, just looking at the word obligated a few times in Romans. We want to get stuck into the book in its entirety. And my hope is that if you're just going hard at your own Bible reading plan or you've got another focus at the moment, keep doing that. But I encourage you to participate in this where you can. Now if you don't currently have a focus in your Bible reading, then get stuck into Romans. And it might mean that you join in with the Bible reading plan that we're doing at the moment. It might be that you just get stuck into a particular chapter of Romans or that you read the whole lot every day uh, through this period. And I would cheer you on with that. That is absolutely fantastic. That was the plan with our um, prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago. I got talked down into just doing eight chapters rather than 16 chapters over that prayer meeting. Um, But it is so good for us to get the whole picture of a book like Romans. And Romans does stand out a little bit in that Paul is writing to a group of people um, that he hadn't met before. And whereas normally he's preached, he spent time with them, and then he writes them a letter that is in addition to what he's already told them, we've got the whole lot in here in the book of Romans. So this is the entirety of what he was communicating to them from day dot and he knew they were believers he knew they'd already received the gospel but he still started the beginning and he worked his way through Um, and so there's a lot of benefit in us getting stuck into the book of romans Uh, my question for you um, coming from a, a place of humility and a place of boldness is there anyone here that wants to want to read the bible more than they currently do i'll just explain that a little bit better to want to want to you might not be in a space where you want to read the Bible more, but do you want to want to? Are you in that space where you're like, I would love more passion and more excitement to get stuck into the Bible for myself? Who is in that space at the moment? Like, they, You want more passion than you currently have for getting into the Word. It's not saying you don't read it at all, but it's saying you want more of that passion. Um, if you've got a Bible with you, I encourage you to open it. We've got some in the aisle just here, so if you don't have one with you, I encourage you to come and grab one of these. Uh, I, if you want something a little bit bigger print, then go the hardcover. If you're okay with a smaller print, uh, then the leather-bound ones um, are nice and small and a good test for many people's eyesight. So we are going to focus in on Romans chapter 1, but before we get to Romans chapter 1, we're going to go to Romans chapter 15, which sounds a little bit out of order, but we're going to have a look at what is said in Romans chapter 15, um, starting at verse 14. Romans chapter 15, verse 14 says, My brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. They are three significant things. You are filled with, Or you're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. So the second definitely feeds into the third thing. Full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and are able to instruct one another with the knowledge that you are filled with. Pretty significant. So this comes right at the end of the letter. And so he is talking them up pretty significantly. Would anyone here consider this applies to them? Who would say this applies to them? That you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. So I see no hands. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. So it was written to the church in Rome all those years ago, but this... Applies to us who feels like it's true right now. I am filled with goodness and all knowledge. Anyone feeling that at the moment? Well, that is why we're not feelers, we're believers. Amen, Eloise. It's a good word. Oh, that was from Rob. You together. It took the two of you to get it across to me, and it's good working together in partnership. So, what he says immediately after that in verse 15, nevertheless. I have written to remind you more boldly on some points. We need to be reminded about the reality that is true about us that we are filled with goodness, all because of His mercy and His goodness. He is good enough to make us good. He is that good. And He is wise enough to fill us with all knowledge. He is that wise. So the church in Rome needed to be reminded more boldly on some points, as do we. We need to be reminded boldly on what is true about us. And it's not that it's all about us, it's all about him, but it is what happens in us that is going to change those around us. Our transformed lives are what is going to get the attention of our workmates, of our family, of people in our street. It is what he does in us that will lead to the transformation of others because he's good enough to do it in us. He's good enough to do it in others. So because these things are true, because we want to live out of the reality of who we are because of what he has done, we want to get stuck into this for ourselves. And it's good for us to hear preaching. It's good for us to consider ideas and to have that secondary revelation, but nothing beats primary revelation. Nothing beats... You hearing it from God for yourself as you open up the Scriptures and He speaks to you. Nothing will compare to that. So let's seek after more of that individually, more after that, more of that together. So with that in mind, we are going to open up. uh, We'll flip over a few pages to Romans chapter 1. I encourage you to do that now. And let's just try a couple of statements. So... It's, it's true, many people have said about Romans, it's hard to understand. Has anyone ever heard someone talk about Romans as a particularly challenging book to understand? <laughs> so most of you haven't heard that, all right? I wish I hadn't have brought that up. Because that can be a barrier, it can be a barrier, people start saying, well that's a really hard book. So Romans was inspired by who? It was written by Paul. Who inspired it? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit right now? Dwelling Dwelling in us. What is the Holy Spirit going to do as we read this? He will empower us to understand it and to apply it. And it's not saying there's no challenge in reading it, but it is saying that he is up for the challenge. So our job, like Charlotte's job, as she flicks through the pages of that book, is to enjoy what is there, feasting on the delights of those recipes without having to cook them. That's a pretty amazing magazine uh, cover and contents for Charlotte. But for us, that we would simply be people who actually open up the book of books, actually spend time and then allowing it to be our food and our fuel. And not like the Pharisees, like Jesus gets stuck into the Pharisees because they're thinking that they can find life Simply by reading the Bible, we find life in Him. And it's the Bible that points to Him. We discover Jesus as we read His Word, which is a gift to us. So let's um, do that together right now. Um, Yeah, let's try a repeat after me. All right, you ready for this? Say yes, Jane. The Scriptures are God's gift to me. I can't hear you. I get to enjoy him through them. I get challenged. I get, challenged. I get, encouraged. I get encouraged. And I get, more of him. I get more of him. This happens as we read the scriptures. This as we read the scriptures. Amen. Amen. So as we read the Scriptures, we discover who we really are and who God empowers us to be. Let's do this for ourselves. So um, I've got a slide that I'd like you to put up, please, Riley. This is the passage I want us to read. So Romans chapter 1, from verse 1 through to 17. And you can read this through a few times. You can just start at verse 16 if you want to and just focus on one verse or two verses But I'm going to give three minutes for you to read this. Feel free to read one part over and over. Feel free to read the whole lot more than once. But first up, you're going to read it. Second up, you are going to share what you get out of it with someone near you. So three minutes to read it, three minutes to talk about it with the person next to you. So Father, speak to us as we read this Now, in Jesus' name, amen. Go for it. All right, please feel very free to continue those discussions later on. Um, There are three times in three consecutive verses that Paul says the words, I am. So verse 14, I am obligated. Verse 15, so I am eager And verse 16 is the most famous of these three, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am, I am, I am. Now that first one, verse 14, I am obligated. Does anybody have a translation that uses a different word there other than obligated? So verse 14, I am obligated. There's some translations that use the word indebted or I am a debtor too. So here you have, I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. And as far as the Greeks were concerned, they're in that order for a very clear reason. I'm obligated both to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and to the foolish, suggesting the Greeks are wise and the barbarians are foolish, but either way, he's obligated to both. Why would he be indebted, or obligated to these people? What have they done for him lately? Let's try a little role play. Um, Josh, thanks for volunteering. And Rob, thank you also for volunteering. So um, I'll get Josh to stand up now and Rob to stand up in a moment. So there are different ways that I could be indebted to Josh. Um, One is that he might have loaned me his jacket and very kindly loaned me his jacket with the condition that I um, give it back to him. So, oh, thanks, mate. I'll just wear it now because I'm cold. Um, But then I'm obligated to him or I'm indebted to him, so I've got to give him his jacket back. There's another way that um, I could be indebted to him is that there may have actually been something that Rob has... And he's like, oh, Shane, next time you see Josh, can you give him this jacket? And so Josh has given me nothing, but I've got something that is intended for Josh. It's come by Rob. And so I'm like, oh, Josh, this is from Rob for you. Enjoy. You can take a seat. Round of applause. So being obligated or being indebted, can happen a variety of ways. But in this instance, it is a pointer to the fact that what we have in the gospel is not just intended for us. As we receive the gospel, we are actually obligated to share it with others. Here is Paul, who's talking about two groups of people very different to himself. So he's a Jew, and just like Everyone that's not a Jew, according to the Jews, are Gentiles. They've got a category that's just like everybody else that's not a Jew is a Gentile. And similarly for the Greeks, they had their own category for everyone that wasn't a Greek, which is barbarian, which we hear about here. So he's saying, I'm obligated to everybody else, even those that are very different from me, because of what has been entrusted to me with the gospel. And yes, it is for me, And also, yes, it is for you. It is for those who have spent time in church, for those that have never even considered, seriously considered going to church. We have an obligation to them. He has given us a gift for other people. And what is beautiful is the second I am. So yes, we are obligated, but also I am eager You can be obligated and not eager. (laughs) You can be obligated and very resistant to meeting that obligation. I am obligated, but also I am eager to preach to you also who are in Rome. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And it's interesting here who's he writing to? The Romans. And he's not writing to every Roman person. Specifically, who's he writing to? The church. church. So to Christians. So now he's talking about preaching the gospel to the church. Preaching to the choir, if you will. Why is he doing that? (laughs) It could be because they're not doing their job. But there is a reality that who here needs the gospel? Who needs to hear the gospel regularly? We all do. The gospel is not just what we are saved by initially. It's not just what we respond to the first time that we pray the prayer. The gospel is what we live by. And so the gospel is to be preached to those that don't yet know him as well as the ones that do. All of us need to continually hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and what has been done for us. Can anyone give me a helpful Bible verse in conveying the gospel John 3 16. can I hear it come on what does it say you love all the translations just sort of like medium in people are like which one do I say do I say this one it's kind of like the Lord's Prayer you know, like, do I say trespasses do I say sin do I say begotten Oh, so many different options. But that is an amazing declaration of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes. We looked at one last week, a couple of great ones in Second Corinthians, that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. We need to continually hear what he has done for us. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 onwards is another wonderful declaration of the gospel. We just need to continually be refreshed on the reality of the gospel and it is only when we see the gospel as good news we are actually likely to share it with people if we just see it as something that we're obligated to do and like oh yeah i really should but if we get overwhelmed at the goodness of the good news and what it means for us and just bask in that then the overflow of that is, of course, we're going to want to share it with others so that we would not simply be obligated, but we would be eager. And it would reflect in our conversations with Christians as it will in our conversation with those who don't believe. It's also worth noting that he's not talking about preaching at people. There are times where it is unhelpful for us to preach the gospel in terms of articulating it in a particular context we should always demonstrate it through our actions through loving others but we want to be just looking for opportunities when is it going to be helpful for me to share about who Jesus is and what he's done and what that means for this person and there will definitely be times that we um, get to share And then the most famous one of these three I am statements. I am obligated, I am eager, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why not? Because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. First for the Jew, also to the Greek. So in this, you've got the questions that come up, like why do the Jew first? Well, Jesus was sent to the Jews. Just like when God spoke to Abraham, he, he went to Abraham first. But what was Abraham's job? To be a blessing to the whole world. Jesus is there to reveal himself to the Jews. And there are instances like the Syrophoenician woman and other times that he does interact with and heal people who are outside the Jewish people. Um, but it was their job It's the job of those that believe to then pass it on to others. First for the Jew, but also to the Greek and to the Gentiles more broadly. Um, But I am not ashamed of the gospel. There are times that my actions have said otherwise. And I repent of my shame. It's been an interesting journey for me over my life, the word shame and my name. I don't know if you know, but there's a distinct similarity I remember hearing a sermon once on what shame drives us to do. Like shame is a bad, bad thing that drives us to all sorts of horrible things. Like, I'm sorry. But it has actually been an interesting one for me to break free from shame in all sorts of different ways. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation. It is really helpful for us to have people in mind and make a declaration of God's power to bring salvation to them. Because subconsciously, certainly for me, and I'm guessing for you as well, there'll be people who we wouldn't say it out loud, but we just assume that the power of God is not sufficient for their salvation because we don't see any way forward for them to come to faith. So let's be proactive in actually declaring To ourselves and to the heavenlies in prayer that his power is sufficient for that relative, for that friend, whoever it is. His power is sufficient for them. That's why we're not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's an interesting phrase. It's revealed from faith to faith. A very common interpretation of that is that it starts with faith and it ends with faith. Faith is what gets us on the train and faith is what takes us to our destination. It is always faith. I have a hunch that it's to do with the faith that we have is actually passed on from someone else's faith. We first see it in someone else. So from faith faith. In Rob to Rob's son Thomas, from faith in me to my kids, from my friend Josh Mackey in year 12, who his faith stirred on my faith. We see it in each other and we're encouraged by one another and it stirs our faith. What I want us to do is to spend a bit of time. Um, praying again together so we're going to take a few minutes um yeah for all those things to be true of us but i want to take a few minutes with someone else nearby pray for a believer you want to encourage pray for the salvation of a non-believer who's on your heart and it could be someone that you've been praying for for a long time or maybe they just come to mind right now but spend some time praying for them Now, a disclaimer with this is if you would prefer to do this on your own, you can definitely do this on your own now. But I'd encourage you, if you're open to it, to um, pray with someone else for a believer you want to encourage and for the salvation of a non-believer who is on your heart. And there's something for discussion on there as well. And this might be a new concept to you, but for many of you it's familiar. How are you going with two for two for 22? The idea behind this was to be praying for two minutes for two people every day across the year 2022. And one of those to be a believer that you want to encourage and the other one to be a non-believer that you want to see come to know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've just changed the alarm on my watch. It was 1.15 p.m., which worked really well sometimes and really bad other times. I've just changed it to 7.15 a.m., um, So I want to challenge you around this to pray regularly for someone who doesn't yet know Jesus. And we'll start together praying now. Um, So let's take a moment to do that. Are there any questions around that? So pause there again. I just really want to encourage you to be praying for people. And whatever you can do, um, and it might be that you're already in a really good rhythm with that. But yeah, for me, it does work quite well to have the, the alert on my watch as a, a reminder um, and, and other strategies as well, just to be praying very specifically for people and encouragement to believers as well as for those that don't yet know Him. Um, yeah, and if you find yourself feeling hopeless about it, just like if you find yourself feeling hopeless about reading the Bible, when you think of it as praying to it, it's like, Lord, may I be eager to preach the gospel may i be not ashamed of the gospel as well as being indebted to these people that don't yet know